Hi, and welcome to the 138th edition of the Keen Minds podcast, where we cover NBC's The Blacklist. This is season nine, episode nine, Bocum Baptiste. I'm Jen, aka Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa. And how did you like the episode? I, I actually really liked it. Um, I, it felt like the first glimpse back into the blacklist that I, I once knew and loved. It, this season just has not felt like it, I think tremendously because Liz is gone. And she's such a deep-seated part of the show and of the story. And this episode, I, I think it's in part because it was character-driven. It had a lot of mythology uh, details in it. It just, it, it answered questions that, you know, that we've been asking since we, we started with this. Did we? Did you think it answered questions? I thought it, well, it answered, it answered how Dimbe got to the FBI. Mm-hmm. So I think it answered that question. I think that was the, the big one that it answered. I think it, I, I've been fluctuating back and forth on if it's, because my first round through it, I felt like it killed a theory. I don't necessarily know if I think that now. So I'll, I'll pitch it to you. Your, your Liz is Alive theory, where does it stand after this episode? It's changed, but I at first I was like, okay, I guess she's dead. Then I started thinking about it and putting everything together with what we know and i'm still getting some big holes that can only be answered in my opinion that way that i don't see any other in fact it's becoming clearer as you at first you got this um a bit of a fog from the emotional stuff you know it was an intense episode uh, we saw characters that we haven't seen in a long time. You know, we saw Isabella, we saw Marvin, we saw Chuck, we saw Morgan. We saw a bunch of people that have been absent from our universe. And, and it felt, you know, and it was so intense because there was all these parallels and Dembe was in such upset it just was easy to get into the and that's what they do brilliant into what's happening and it takes a while to step back and put together what you know and once you do that is like okay now i'm still on that theory because nothing else for me makes sense motivation wise and if i don't have a clear motivation then i'm not even you know, you, you can watch something that the motivations don't track. Well, you can, but. <laughs> oh, I can't. It just drives me crazy. It, and, and that's in, it's the kind of thing that I watch while I'm doing three other things, but not something I watch with any degree of seriousness. Yeah. Um, so I, I just have, my, my trust has so been run out. I, I've put so much trust in different things over the years that is not either I didn't read it right or it just didn't track the way I expected it to that I I don't have the faith left to put into the Liz is alive Mm -hmm. but I will say I I my brain because it's it's really the the biggest theory we're working with uh my brain keeps picking up on well if it's accurate that that fits that doesn't fit that fits that doesn't fit and i've got a running tally in my head mm-hmm. i have, it is not made into a spreadsheet it probably will not make it into a spreadsheet <laughs> but it's the spreadsheet in my brain is <laughs> being mapped out. season nine no spreadsheet for jen no spreadsheet it's all in my head <laughs> which is actually a ransacked library that is my brain um <laughs> But did I, you? I, I was that, thinking of. I was looking at this episode last night, as it aired on the East Coast, and all I was thinking is, you, you are going to love this episode because it's a parallel fest. It was heavy as syrup. I, it was you know, everywhere. The the 
screenshots, the, the, the photos came out of Red reading to Agnes. And it's just like, she's way too old for her grandpa or whatever to be reading to her. Like she's 11, she's, she's mm-hmm. done. And it, the uh, L was way too old for Dembe to be reading to her. Like that just, that kind of broke my brain a little bit. I was like, I was talking to but a friend of mine. But it was there kids. to make a parallel. Well, hang on. I, I was talking to a friend of mine prior to the episode that does have kids and she was like, I was lucky to get my kids' attention at this age, you know? <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, that's that was definitely a forced thing, but they clearly were doing it for the parallel. And it was really nice because they had Pippi Longstocking for Agnes. I, I, I think for me, it would have made more sense if the kids were reading it to the grandparents. Um, I, I think that would have been more age appropriate for the girls. But regardless... You had Pippi Longstocking and talking about her father being lost to sea and that she was convinced he was going to come back, that he was on an island. The whole story that goes along with Pippi He was a king of a cannibal, which is basically just somebody who eats other people, which could be said of a criminal. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, But it went back to the imagery that we've seen with Red again and again and again. The boat, the water, the the Mm -hmm. captain dream that, that mm-hmm. he enjoys and then that you have at the navy you had with you know uh the, the yeah. north Star, so so his mother died when she was a child when she was a baby and her father was lost at sea but she believed he was still alive which agnes will just be the reverse her father was died when she was a baby and she thinks her mother everybody thinks her mother is dead but she thinks her mother is alive and one day will come will come back and he's living on an island. Um, it could be that. It could be red. There are several different things it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they, as it, a blacklist, it doesn't function as one parallel. Exactly. It's, and we, it just have imagery that, that is repeated and thrown at you so repeatedly that you but begin to you, pick up on it. Did you notice that Dembe was reading Wizard of Oz? The Wizard which of is Oz. what Liz read to Agnes before she was born. Uh, under the table she was reading Wizard of Oz to her before she was born and so I thought that was really interesting talking about the courage Red is a new Dembe is a new Liz well which is interesting um and and not not as an exact parallel but as in as in getting to a a similar space so I I I do kind of just want to get this out of the way because I was very frustrated it in the end it worked out because Red had growth and you know me, I don't think Red has a lot of growth. It's one of the most frustrating pieces of him to me. And so the fact that he had any growth is huge for him. And I was so upset with him at the end of the episode last night that I didn't, like my brain didn't remember that he apologized. <laughs> and so when I got through my rewatch, and this is why I do a rewatch, because often with shows, I, I don't pick up on, I, I, I watch a cursory, you know, a high level first round through and then I pick up details on the second round um this was but what what I was saying is that you had hang on sorry I lost my train of thought there um you were you were um yeah uh with with Liz and so I mean Red raised Dimbe he he raised him he was essentially his father I, they, they had kind of a weird, you know, father, brother. Yeah, didn't fit quite into one box sort of relationship, which is normal for, for the show. And what frustrated me so badly with him blaming her for Liz's death, or blaming him for Liz's death, for um, just the way that he went about it. And there was that whole bit in there uh, when, when Isabella had been taken and Dembe busted into to Cooper's office and he he just finally lets him have it because he's been holding we've seen him holding all of this inside mm-hmm. and he says and it's interesting because we found out in this episode that essentially from that night that he disappeared until 901 when red comes back to save him bay that that's the first time he comes back he's just been gone Dimbe mm-hmm. had no clue what happened he he did abandon him and we've talked about again and again how Liz 
that's been a centralized thing is abandonment. Liz and Tom and just mm-hmm. most people in Blacklist, to be honest, is that sense of abandonment by parents, by loved ones, et cetera, et cetera. And so we, we put Dembe in that, that category now because his, his biological parents were murdered in front of his eyes. So that I don't think he has any place to blame those folks. <laughs> um, but he, his essentially adopted dad, adopted brother, whatever you want to say, just skipped out. And it wasn't Kate May where he says, you know, I'm going here and close everything out, this and that. I'm going to go get really, really high for a real while. He just left. And I still don't know what the piece of paper was that Dembe put down on the- It was a letter. Was that the letter? Okay. Um, but he just, he took off without him and without a word and apparently never contacted him. He just walked until he found the system. Yeah, well, he said, I, I thought that I was going to implode and cease to exist. So I started walking and I never stopped. Yeah, and, and, but, and but I'm saying from Dembe's point, like he was abandoned and yeah. he's been, it's been so drilled into his mind as he was being raised for both good and bad, you know, both because red values loyalty above all else. And Dimbe has such a tremendous amount of respect for Red. Red has earned his loyalty. And so when Red just disappears, he has no idea if he's coming back. He has no idea if he's going to want a, an empire to come back to. So he does his best to fill those shoes. And he is, not, we've talked about before, he is not the ruthless kind of individual that Red is. No, as Red said in season one, you know, he's a better man than I am and then promptly shoots the guy. And so you have Dembe trying to fill these shoes, not really wired to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and he gets his own Hans von Hauser moment, except he's yes. much worse than Hans von Hauser because von Hauser was at least much, you know, he was a young man and he was not an innocent person he was he was already a criminal but nonetheless he gets to kill somebody who he didn't intend to kill uh for Dembe is even worse because this is an actual child it's it's a child and it's it's also Dembe's personality type is just very different than Red's and he's a man of deep faith and it just it was horrifying for him and then he also thought that Bookman Batiste had died yeah, because he blows up the car and fake his own death. Yeah, basically they couldn't identify <laughs> who was who was uh, in the car and who was in who had uh, left. That's but, why Dembe doesn't even understand that right. this guy is not coming for Red; he's coming for him. And so you get that that moment in there where he just unleashes on Red about abandonment. He said that night after you abandoned your business and people died, that man's son, and what got me at the time was Red's response. I was so angry, so frustrated with, with the gaslighting that happened there. He says, you know, um, he says, I didn't ask you to carry on. Dembe says, no, you just vanished. I killed that boy trying to protect your empire. I was Which I thought it, it was a little self-serving. Hang on. Um, I was doing it for you because you didn't do it for yourself. And he says, uh, Elizabeth was dead. I was gone and you killed that boy. Uh, do the dots really connect? It seems a little simplistic. And I, I've talked about again and again that I feel like Red does, he, he bends himself into a principle, making sure he doesn't take responsibility for things sometimes. And it's it's incredibly frustrating to me as a, as a viewer to see this again and again and again with him. And to sit there in this moment that this Dimbe's daughter has been taken Dembe feels abandoned and it comes down to hurt people, hurt people. I, I think Red, that you have a very, um, uh, very, um, judgmental, uh, relationship to Red. I I think that in that moment I was at, I was with Red I I just didn't understand where Dembe was connecting these things, 
because in his in Rand's mind, he had abandoned everything, not expecting anybody to carry on, not expecting there was an empire to come to. It didn't care. It didn't matter for him. He was not thinking. He was not expecting anything. He just felt he was going to suffocate and die. And he just got up and, and walked away as something that was survival. And he didn't stop to think. And I understand and that. And that's what I... That's what I mean by hurt people, hurt people, that he was in such deep pain, but this is two years later. And so to see him sitting there while Dembe is suffering and to say that to me seems self-serving for Red. I, I didn't see it like that because I Red didn't, didn't see what, what was, what Dembe felt, not until Dembe told him. And then, and then again of, between Marvin telling him that and Dembe telling him that is when he started to, is when he came back to look at things from others' perspective. But what De what Dembe, honestly, for me, what Dembe was saying, I did it for you, felt a little self-serving that he had just decided that he wanted to do that. And that's I mean, I know that he, he just jumped on a plane and started looking for Red with Marvin and he couldn't find it so he decided to just keep going well and that, that's that. why i made that's why i made the point about the fact that red essentially raised him from 14 on he raised him he trained him he he went through all of this and so it is deeply embedded in dimbe for better or for worse value loyalty above all else red's gone he's in a moment of pain of yeah incredible pain i'm not trying but, to negate the pain and so dimbe does what he thinks he needs to do to remain loyal to red so that he has something to come back to if but you're chooses. looking at things from dimba's perspective and not and you're from, looking at things from reds and not from, but i see dimba's perspective i just see that they don't connect until later see i think they do um i and well, i think but, especially in that moment but you do. see that that for red they didn't not until he has it put it in front of him so does, it doesn't matter right if it's for you the viewer connected what matters is that the for the characters it doesn't for red at that moment he's saying why are you connecting all these things it was a dick move <laughs> it, i think it was i think it was exactly how red saw things um I know that you're not, you're very critical of Red, but you have to see how things look from his perspective. I will say. In his perspective, end, you, you don't get it. Th this was, this perspective. Was a this was a tremendous episode for growth in characters. We had Isabella's journey between trying to figure out how to piece together her yeah, let's, cops and her... Well, yeah. hang on. Uh, I actually have another question with Red and Dembe real fast, but it just... I was trying to circle back around to in the end of the episode, Red comes back and he says, basically water under the bridge, what's done is done. And, and he comes in and not only does he let it go with the letter, which is big for him, mm -hmm. he apologizes, which is yeah. rare for Red. But and so I, I'm trying to give Red kudos. Here. Yeah, but, but that comes from, but that wouldn't have happened if Red had known from the very beginning how the other ones were feeling. In Red's world, it doesn't happen. Then it doesn't make any sense because then Red had always known what he did. He abandoned everybody. In his mind, remember that in his mind, Red lives in a world of loyalty, but not in a word, in a world of care or affection. Red doesn't function by affection or love. Red accepted a long time ago a world in which he was doing something for some ex motive. And he only expects loyalty because he gives loyalty and because he pays people. Like he said, people are loyal to me because I pay them well. He, he has no expectations that anybody would care for him or or love him in any way he never even expected Liz to love him or care for him 
and he doesn't expect Denver to do so, and he doesn't expect Cooper to do so, and he's so surprised when he sees that people do it out of love. Because his entire life, the moment he chose that path of crime, he became an, a hideous, and hideous people are not loved. And that's why he's so desperate to get in contact with Agnes, because for Agnes, it's just uh, he's just pinky. He's not an ugly, he's not hideous, he's pinky. And so for, for that moment to have significant, you have to have those two points of view that suddenly come, come, come together. And then Bessie is what Red was feeling. And Red sees what, uh, what he left Dembe and Marvin and everybody else with. But it hasn't happened until then. So that, that's my point is that by the end of the episode, I, I think that linking on the writer's name, I don't think I've seen his name before. So he may be relatively new, but he just, he, he has a very nice way. I, I'm a big fan of, of things coming around full circle mm -hmm. in stories. It's, it's, it's one of my things my writing techniques that I enjoy, you know, where you start one place and then you, you come around and things look entirely different. The point mm -hmm. of view changes, just like you were talking about. And he did such a phenomenal, I'm blanking on his name. I looked him up last night to try to see <laughs> who mm -hmm. he was. I'm like, who are you, sir? You are tremendous. Um, and, and he just, he did such a great job on this. And I, I do want to jump into Isabella because hers was a very fascinating story. But I do have one more question for you. And my answer may surprise you. I don't know. But okay. do you think um, do you think Red would have given Dimbe and essentially Baptiste the information required and being demanded to save Isabella before he found out that Dimbe did not lead Van Dyke to Liz? Before the, the, the points. Of, yes, I do think so. I do too. Because it was about, it was about Dembe. And remember that Red said in, in the first season, a man willing to burn the world down to, to protect the one person they care about. That's a man I understand. Yeah. And so I think Red that's also understood why he wasn't that. Yeah. And, and, and he, and if Dembe had even, I mean, he had no doors open left with Dembe. So Dembe couldn't even go to him and say, listen, this is happening. How can we figure this out? Um, one, one interesting thing about, about Isabella, and I, I was so glad to see Isabella come back because Isabella and Isabella Elizabeth, we've been having all this parallels you know um agnes was taking and bella was taken um solomon was involved with you know trying to take to to get to kidnap liz and he was involved with taking Demba's grandchild um it was it, it, it's remarkable how they made i wasn't too crazy about the political stuff but I was, I was impressed on how they created a similar scenario. Because no matter what everybody else thinks, for Isabella, Demba became a monster when he joined the FBI. She was fine with, with him being, you know, with Red. But for her, for her point of view, the monster was becoming a cop. So it is interesting when you see what they do with Liz being afraid that Red was her father because he was a monster. She was the, the daughter of a monster. So I found it fascinating how at the end, Isabella just comes to terms that, okay, this is what, what, uh, what you are. And I accept that. And I may not like it, but I accept that what you are. Yeah, um, it's interesting because when I watched it last night and they started name dropping, I went, oh, oh gosh, this feels very, very heavy handed. And I, I, I kind of just assumed I was going to be the only one that felt that way. And 
anybody that I've talked to about it, like without me bringing that into the conversation, they're like, yeah, that was, <laughs> was it was a political. little too much, it, but it worked at the end. I, I was going to say, but <laughs> again, kind of like, and this, this is going to be the theme of my response to this. It felt very off putting when they introduced it, but there was a clear reason they did it the way they did it by the mm -hmm. end. And by the end of it, I thought they introduced some really interesting thoughts and like Cooper's whole monologue about. Well, that, uh, that, that goes to what he's had in his own episode when he went looking for the kid of his, exactly. of his, of his um, dead. Um, yeah, his dead friend is uh, essentially his godson. Mm -hmm. um, he may have been his godson. It could have been his godson. Uh, but, but yes, exactly. That it's, I, I don't mind television well shows done. and movies. Um, I, I don't mind them getting political as long as they are fair. Um, and I felt like this was fair. It didn't just give one lens to look through, which is good because there's not just one lens to look through mm -hmm. on that. It's, it's a very delicate subject. It's a very painful subject for a lot of people. And so the fact that the, the writer did it so, so well to be able to provide through different points of view of different characters, how they felt about it. You had Isabella who was, and I still have so many questions about how this woman was raised. Like who was her mother? How was she raised? Because when we met Dembe, he'd been off fighting for, you know, for, for the freedom of, mm. I don't remember uh where he was in africa but he was he was across He's another ocean. absent mother in other words yeah exactly and so but they're clearly close and people keep coming after her she's she accent wise she seems to have been raised in the united states so you have to think her mom is from the united states like i need or to came know out as a, as a kid yeah maybe I, the I mother abandoned her died and and then they just took her and and that and raised yeah. her the best he it, could with someone I was gonna say it may be that she's not even biologically his. We've yeah. seen that yeah. plenty of times. Um, we, but it, it's just, it's a fascinating story. So we get her point of view from someone who was essentially raised by a man that works for a career criminal, and that is deep in the criminal world. See her point of view, um, coming from from that background. And then we see Dembe's point of view as someone in pain and just wanting to find a way to help people. And then we have Cooper's point of view, who is a man that feels a deep responsibility to being the change he wants to see. Mm -hmm. And and so it was just, it was fascinating. I think it was as heavy handed as it felt at the beginning, as on the nose as it felt. I think it was incredibly well done. Yep. And I just it, it worked. I, I really like this writer. Yep. It worked very well. And I also love that we have Isabella at the end. And this is this is like a mirror to Liz in red, but in a healthier situation. Because Isabella doesn't fake her death. She just tells him, I'm going to go away with my daughter and I don't want you to know where we are. So in, in a way, is like a healthier mirror of Liz and Ray. It's too much. I I gotta go somewhere safe, and I don't want you to know. Well, I I think she's where Liz was drawn to the darkness, to the danger, to all of that. I think, and she just she thought she wanted a normal life. I think Isabella may have even to a degree grown up adjacent, I mean, at least adjacent to it, if not in it, probably adjacent to it. But she has found that life. She has a daughter, her daughter's her biggest She doesn't have any darkness, that's for sure. She doesn't seem to, no. And like, she seems to be willing to accept certain things because she made the comment that she didn't like the fact that he worked for Reddington, but she was it's okay with it. It's not who he was, is what he did. Yeah, and that that was the final thing, and I thought that was when so when he came cool. into when she came into his life. That's who her father was, and she accepted that for what it was. So again, a circumstance of 
you know, not abandoned, but a child who grows up with a with a parent in a, a much better circumstance than being abandoned. So I, I had to um, look up I had to look up the uh, the writer's name because I feel like I'm I'm cheering him on so much I need to know the man's name David Merritt is his name he's he's written another one I think I blanked on it but I think the name is familiar uh yes hang on uh Ivan Stepanov he wrote ah. Ivan Stepanov okay and so yeah I. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of the way and I'll have to go back because I didn't notice during Ivan Stepanoff. Honestly, I don't remember much about it because I just hated season eight so much. But I really enjoyed the way he structured this, mm -hmm. like the, the writer in me was just. Especially on on the rewatch, I, I feel like I picked up on a lot more and that's why I do that. It's. It's just the craft he used in it. And that, that's why I keep saying, <laughs> I, I've been so hard on the writers this year and I hate it because I know how talented they are and it's shown through here. They, I don't know if he was given more leeway or if it just worked with the subject matter he was working. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but it was just, it was just a very well-crafted episode. Well, I, I think that the blacklist, you have to take a, you have to take a few awkward things while they because they seem to drop like they seem to put all all the the docks down and then they put them in a row or they put them in you don't know you don't think they're in a row because and then they flip a mirror and you realize they're all in a row so you and and that can be sometimes a question of a few episodes that can be even a season later well, uh, or you two say seasons that, but or three seasons. To this day, I still under don't understand the point of season six. <laughs> uh, I do. Okay. I do. I do. Oh, but someday, not on this one, because we're we're gonna be. I'll, I'll try. And I do it have, anyway, however, you and I you, need to discuss that. <laughs> you did ask at the beginning if my if my theory for Liz being alive. Uh, was alive and mm -hmm. I think it is it's a lie the theory is the theory lives and I, I I have to put it to you because it's now even more interesting than it was before even though at the beginning I had this this visceral okay so uh, this is different but then um we know Dembe is not involved correct so that was my big thing I thought Dembe was involved because Dembe gave her the letter would have made sense, but what I, I will say something very interesting that I noticed because at first I was like, oh my God, they're repeating the scene again. And then I stopped and thought about it for a second. They're repeating the scene again from a different point of view. We're getting the same scene from multiple points of view. It, it, the easy answer is that they're just filling space and that they are doing something that I complained about them doing with Tom after he died was that they were essentially riding on the coattails of how popular Ryan was in the show. And they were just bleeding that for all it was worth after they killed his character off. And like part of me, the, the bitter part wants to say that about the way they keep repeating this scene. The writer in me stops and goes, mm, you know, put the bitterness aside five seconds we're getting different points of view. Mm -hmm. We're getting a story that's being told in fractions. Yeah. There is a story being told. I, I will say that finally. I am finally able to say that there is a story being told. Yeah. It it's just, just, it's just coming slowly. Yeah. Uh, so we now know that Dembe is not involved. Yeah. We also know a fact that everybody seems to ignore. Liz had a scrub order the Department of Justice had order list killed. People seem to ignore that. That's huge. I think they ignore it because they don't think about it because it has not been mentioned again. Yeah, but it's there and it was huge. And we know that Demba was not involved in this. 
And we know that Liz had the scrub order. And neither Dembe nor Red knew of that order. Nobody had told them. That's why they were in the park the day before looking at Alice in Wonderland and walking around, correct? Um, we know that Van Dyck knew where to find Liz, and yet he wasn't following Liz nor Dembe. So Liz read the letter. That's another fact that we know. She knew who Red was, and she knew where her the story of her mother and all that. That's a letter her mother left to her. And then we have this fact. So far, this may change in the future, but so far, three people knew of the plan to kill Red. Red, Liz, and Dembe. That's it. Not Cooper, not Van Dyke, not Marvin Gerard, not Panna Baker, nobody. That was cons conscripted to three people. Not Mrs. French, nobody. Liz didn't tell anybody what she was going to do or what she was going to be. Not the task force, nobody. So if Van Dyke had been tracking Liz, would it know? No. They put it together at the end and then they okay, say, that's where? Right. The restaurant. And that's where they all rush to it. Yeah. But okay, nobody yeah. there. So we know Red didn't do it and we know Dembe didn't do it. What's the only alternative we have left? Cooper. Liz did it. Well. Cooper didn't know. Oh, yeah. Cooper could be involved in it. Yeah, if, if Liz's death has been faked, I think Cooper has to have been involved yeah. in it. One of and them maybe a Ram. Yeah. I don't know about a Ram. I don't think a Ram is, but I am reserving my my judgment in there. Because my reasoning for thinking that he doesn't is that Liz called to apologize. And everybody thinks he called to apologize for going to kill Red. But if you remember how caught up Aram was when Liz faked her death, and she was like, I'm furious and I'm hurt. How could you do this to people who love you um, and all that? And I think that Liz called to apologize for what she had to do. Those were very specific words, what she had to do. And she changed her mind after she sees Beth Riker, but then she meets Cooper. So I, and I think that Cooper told her and she decided to use Van Dyke find a way to give him a tip where to find her. And I think that when she met Danbit, she was actually, um, that's how she got Van Dyke to kind of like converge. Okay, here I am. And she will be with Red in that time. And that was done anonymously. It's the only way things fit because if, I mean, think, put yourself in Liz and you're the perfect person to do this. Put in this mind, she has finally learned the things that she has been looking for eight years of her life. In fact, her entire life, who her mother was, where is her mother, who's her father, who's read to her, all these questions that she had, she's finally been answered. And she knows, and Red told her, if you know who I am, you won't kill me. So it has to be apparent. So Liz is finally in front. She is not going to kill Red, but she goes there. She had read the letter. She goes there. She doesn't. And if she had meant to kill Red, she would have at least given him that moment of saying, mom, dad, whatever. She would have said something because then it wouldn't matter. She's not betraying Dembe by, by telling him that she read the letter. Red would be dead. And he would have at least got one chance of hearing his or his daughters say, yeah, I, I know the truth and I still love you. I love you and I understand everything you did. And, you know, but she she never intended to kill him. That's why she doesn't tell him anything. So why would she go there? Because she had to be there because that's how she's faking her death because she has a scrub order 
and she's doing it for Agnes. Agnes. She finally realized she can't have Agnes on the run. It's not a healthy life. And she and Cooper concoct this thing. It's save, the way to save Red, the way to save her, the way to save Agnes, to keep a life in which is a little healthier for the girl. Which might... This is the only which, way that makes sense. I was going to say, which might help to fill... Like, we, we know from production why why Scotty doesn't have her because Fumka's not a current, you know, they weren't going to bring Fumka back in for it. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably can't afford her at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but from a storytelling point of view, it could help. It makes sense why the Coopers um, got Agnes and are taking care of her when she has a perfectly alive and well grandmother <laughs> that mm-hmm. can can take care of her, you know, that is not in prison and or a A criminal yeah yeah but she's technically not a criminal technically (laughs) she's a spy essentially i i still am convinced she was a deep cover agent but alas they are convinced that tom's story was closed and so they closed the books before they actually finished the story And, and since we're doing parallels i want to remind people one thing you remember, Liz, Red remembers what we suppose is Liz dancing because he got in to see her. And the ballet she was dancing was Swan Lake. And Swan Lake is a story of doppelgangers. It's this evil magician that makes a double a doppelganger of the princess in order to marry her to the prince. And gets this woman to be a swan during the day and only regain human form at night. And so it's a doppelganger story of, you know, with a prince and all that. And meanwhile, Agnes is dancing Sleeping Beauty in which the princesses sleep for a long, long time. So any parallels in there? I think it's significant. I think it's that they use any story, any symbol that they can put in there in order to get the story told in symbols as well as in stories. I I agree with that, yes. And I think that goes back to the stories that both Red and Dembe were reading to the girls. I'm having trouble looking past the fact that 11 and 13 year old girls are not going to be Well, maybe they were getting spending time with their grandparents. That's Good enough. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things that I'm, I'm having trouble. They couldn't have a, a, a younger kid act those parts because they're probably different parts and, and harder parts and more expensive because then you need twins. And... I'm, I'm actually wondering if they did it because of COVID. Maybe they've got a vaccine mandate or something. And they had to have a kid that was they could also pass, pass a certain it. age. A, a kid can be on stage for a much longer in filming that's true instead of having to have twins and scenes have to be only like whatever minutes and then you have to have a matron in there i think with an older child that goes relax a lot longer and the child can work a lot many many more hours Mm -hmm. plus you need a kid that can carry you know that can remember a lot of dialogue it can carry all that i think it was it was functional yeah um, I, I just don't know what the requirements are. Um, but being that it's in New York City, they've got a lot of. Yeah, it's, it's right a strict. Now. It's very strict. I know because in, in theater, it's very strict. I mean, to, to well, get. They, kids. They've essentially shut theater down again, um, from my understanding. It's, yeah, um, but, but for, for, for um, acting purposes, to have a, a young kid on stage mm. or in filming okay. is. Just, I, I thought you meant about like modern. No, no, no. It's just I'm, very just difficult. Yeah, that's interesting interesting um well what about the 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 uh we're gonna talk about wrestler okay because wrestler had a huge moment of growth there where he didn't blame dembe well a he didn't i mean this is two people that he had grown to actually dislike dembe that he resented and read he's actually like you cannot have red killed and destroy his empire he was like you can't do that yeah, it feels very, 
kind of a, a nice nod back to not letting stuff happen. Um, even though he doesn't like him, he's still not letting stuff happen. What was interesting to me was that this man is coming off of bad withdrawals, supposedly having cuffed himself to a desk. We got nothing on that. <laughs> and yet he's still able to sharpshoot and save Dembe's life. Glad he was not in the middle of withdrawals for that. Well, he did it with with um, with Samar, and he was pretty cooked That's there. That's true. That's true. Maybe maybe so, he gets better when he's in with. It could be. I mean, it could be where the things have happened. I'm sorry, Russ. We're gonna have to put you through regular states of drugs. And maybe and that's what he's been sleeping. Maybe maybe Alina goes to his house and chain him from whatever place he's chaining himself to, and then he gets shower and all that. I mean, who knows? Maybe he has a, a, a maybe he advanced and now has a lock that goes by clock and unlocks itself at a certain time. You know, you gotta go high high tech. You can't be relying on uh, the old path to come get you. <laughs> Some mental image right there. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> so that was, I mean, in all in general, it's it's um, it was very intriguing uh, to me, and um, I am actually looking forward to seeing the other's point of view because, as you said, the story is being told every time we see it is from a different perspective. And what we have no idea, we now know that Dembe took red and left. We know that Wrestler went chasing and had a humongous car crash. Oh, by the way, his car is a car that that goes into all the parked cars and flips into the car of the other poor person who was coming in. Which, which does make sense with the injuries and all of that. But I just, I, I'm a couple weeks ago when that was on air i'm going why did they choose two dark cars surely surely they knew this would be an issue but well anyway uh most the, people are not looking at it nearly as closely as we are and we still have no idea what happened to the three people that were at the scene too we have no idea if cooper told aram and and alina go chase wrestler because yes obviously not shouldn't be driving and something bad is going to happen to him yeah we have no idea what happened the last we know is wrestler and leaving all these three other characters they're not knowing what happened. well I, I think we'll get it i i think that's part of what we're seeing here and the fact that yeah. we've gotten wrestlers deep point of view and then we got Dembe's deep point of view and so i would assume if we continue down this path that we will eventually get a rom Alina and Cooper. And mm -hmm. I, I I'm gonna toss my hat into the into the arena right now and say that I think Cooper's will be the last one that we yes. get. Yeah. I, I don't think that that Aram is involved, but he could be. I mean, he certainly was the one who said, wait a minute, Dembe, I mean, Van Dyke was not following uh Dembe, and then Red realizes. Van Dyke is not following Liz either. They only met in one spot. So, I mean, and I know that there, there is a, a theory going around, uh, at least in Reddit, that it's um, Marvin Gerard who wanted Liz killed. But I think that, that Marvin has a healthy appreciation for his skin yeah. and likes to walk and not be in tremendous pain. Well, he, he has seen... Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up a sore spot for you, but he's seen what happens when Red thinks he's betrayed him. Yeah, and killing it's not pretty. Liz Keen, it would not be a pleasant experience. And I, I'm with you. Like I I think he was put out with Liz. I think he was frustrated with Liz. But can we? I, as much as I love Liz, and you know how much I love Liz, can we blame Marvin? for really despising Liz. No. Not only did she ask him to put his, you know, his life on the line by betraying him, she set him up to get tortured by Red. He's, he has every reason to be pissed with Liz, exactly. but he also has a, first he has an, a, a, a love for Red. Um, and I think that he wouldn't do that. Well, I mean, and honestly, that's the only thing that, because when I saw him, I was actually very surprised to see him back. Because that means that after two years of hiatus, 
of nobody knowing where Red is, not being able to find Red. And after Red tortured him last year, he still is doing his job. Yeah, And so and- like that is a tremendous amount of loyalty right there that is not earned simply by a paycheck. That And he made the comment in here uh, in the flashback when they were in the plane. He said, um, Red's devoted his, his life to this empire and I devoted my life to him. And so, yeah, I think there's, there's a layered respect and love and appreciation for Red. Yeah. Well, and, and Demba said it was an honor protecting you. Yeah, I so- thought that was good. There were there, there is a lot that that has been healed, and I I think that that it's not, and I thought for a bit it could be Mrs. French. I also went to Panna Baker, but then I come back to the fact that only three people knew where that meeting was supposed to be, and so that leaves us with this, and it makes sense that Liz took control and said I can't be taking. Agnes with me on the run. I got a kill order. God knows if they're going to take the Osterman Umbrella Company and put it on me. And I don't want, I don't want my child to be on the cross links of that kind of people sending killers throughout me. So I got to die. Elizabeth Keene have to die. Even if one day I can come back, uh, I think that she understood that her actions had placed her in a position where she was a danger to her child and a danger to everybody around her. So the theory is still alive and I guess we have to see. I I did love, I did love having Marvin back. I just, I, I love the actor. I love the character. It's, and he just tells it to Red the way it is. Oh, just zero, zero care. He's just like, well, you're sending pictures of flower to the Charmin. So I'm just going to go ahead and go with this. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, that's Marvin. That's what yep. he does. And it's, he's, he is, I think the only one other than Dembe left from the beginning. Yeah, and who tells things straight as he sees them. Yeah, I think that's because they have that relationship. It's like, you you have this, there are, I'm not going to say there's a certain respect. Yeah, it's it's like, what are you going to do to me? (laughs) Like, you're sending pictures of dead flowers to your your witchy girlfriend. Like, and I don't mean witchy as in, there was was an interesting thing that Red said. I was walking until I found Musa and and Weecha. I helped them, they, they helped, helped me. me. Yeah. So they must have been in some bad situation and it was a mutual rescue. Yeah, which is interesting. And also, can I just point out that I was a little bit creeped out. I was a little bit uncomfortable with the fact that I think he's sleeping with both sisters. I've been saying that since I know you have. I just got didn't introduced. Want it confirmed. <laughs> yeah. And he was very gentlemanly about it. Like it was it was such a red line, but I still was just like, really, creeper? Like Well, I thought it was great because you know my theory about Katerina, the twin Katerina. Oh, oh yeah. So he would be sleeping with two sisters too. Well, I mean, I think it leans very much into the the cliche type of guy James Spader plays just the I don't want to call him a womanizer but just very he just loves women free love let's call it free love that feels like a less well it also goes right now into Ulysses who seemed to be getting involved with all sorts of women on the journey back home who he was desperate to get back to his wife yeah but every time that he saw something pretty walking by it's like oh boy well, you, you had that that utter distraction that Marvin called out there. That he's just like, are you kidding me? Like, oh, we're facing some serious situations here. And you're sending flowers, pictures of dead flowers, dying flowers to your girlfriend. 
why and, and caring the shaman says it's okay i guess we're good mm. i just i love the level of snark that he uses but i thought about you you thought about me i thought about you with one of the lines was there at the end he says i'm a big uh i'm as big of a conspiracy theorist as the next guy but this sounds like some classic third man stuff yeah I have always loved the third man theory I have always said that complicates things to a point that I'm not sure they're going but, uh, to put that, on TV. I abandoned the third man for the third woman. Yeah. Well, woman. I, you know, I, there was a day in which man was... But in Reddit is a big thing, the third man. They they call that theory the third man theory, you know, for a long time. Or the other dude or whatever. The, yeah. So it is it is just uh it was a solid episode it was a great way to end the season also not torturing us because we now know at least that red and dembe are on the mend uh and that red and and that red and wrestler and dembe had had moments of growth yeah it was just, it was it was a solid episode um and I, I think I enjoyed it very much last night when I watched it. I think by the end of my rewatch, I not only enjoyed it as in it was it was fun. It felt like the blacklist. It had similar vibes, but it just, as I've said earlier, it's just a very well-crafted episode. Mm-hmm. It took things that, that had you going, oh my God, really? That's what you're saying? With red, with the, the on the nose sort of comments that were being made that felt very forced. And then you go, oh no, that was in, that that wasn't intentional because someone's trying to make a point or someone's like oblivious that Red sounds like an asshole right now. It was, it, it was so intentional in the writing to bring it around full circle, and it that that's so fulfilling as a viewer. Well, when you can get when, a lot of the things that we have seen in the last nine eight episodes and kind of not all of them not all the threads but most of them they kind of like call us in here and start making more sense yeah um and again i will say that i am not emotionally prepared to jump on your liz is alive bandwagon because I know. my heart has been hurt too many times i am a sensitive soul um <laughs> no one's gonna but but I will say from a motivational out, point of view. Yeah, from, from a the motives, laying the threads out. We're, we're, we're looking at one of two things. Either Liz is alive, as you say, or they're toying with us, which they have been known to do. Yeah, it's entirely possible. That's what I say. So far, as we know, as we get more and more of a story and we eliminate the the the, the shaft from the from the wheat, we're starting to see what is because now that we know them but was not involved in any of this, all he did was show Liz the letter. That means that it leaves us Liz, which I actually like better, because the idea that Liz collaborated either with Cooper and or with Aram and left red and his and the entire world behind and actually got to a point where she said my actions were terrible i became i became my worst enemy and i have now endangered my child and everybody that i'm around and decided at the point that the best she can do is actually fake her death and and leave tried to give his daughter, her daughter, some normalcy. Feels to me like a character growth on this part because she was so out there during during the last season. It was painful. I mean, she was, once Tom died, she started on this free roll down. That season eight was just bloody painful. It just, I kept thinking that there had to be something that was that we weren't seeing and then i kept and then we saw the whole bit with uh with kate, kate. and i'm like okay she 
she's had so much head trauma. She's had her memories. We're going to lean into this. Okay. And then it just didn't. She's just freaking crazy. And I'm going, like, I felt like it was, and and I, (laughs) I went out to dinner with a friend of mine the other day and I I have to remind myself here now, like, (laughs) I could be sitting next to, in the table next to just about anybody and never know Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there's a chance that one of the writers has heard me go on my Liz rant <laughs> because my buddy was asking me, he's, he's a writer too. And so we, we talk a lot about character development and storylines and we have a lot of discussions on a lot of different levels. And he said something about um, Blacklist and he said, you didn't like how, how the leading lady left, did you? And I just went into full rant mode in the middle of the sushi joint <laughs> in Burbank. <laughs> and I said, I get a little upset. And he's like, yeah, are you okay? Do you, do you need a breath? <laughs> you know? I said, no, they took the leading lady and gave her a pointless death. It's still, to, uh, clearly, I am in full rant mode on the podcast. You know? Yeah, but, well into the, but, and so, but like, then would, if, if, the, if that arc is not done, that will be, that will help. It will not be, it's, it's kind of like I said, you know, I never liked that they killed Tom. I didn't think it, I didn't think for the long game it was great, but I also understood that they needed Liz to get to a certain point and at least they closed, I don't think they closed all the threads of his story down, but at least his death was not, they didn't destroy his character to do it. He died saving her. Mm. You know, at least I could take that. And you told me at the time after uh, the last episode of season eight aired, you, you sent me a text and said, you were sad with Tom, you're going to be pissed with Liz. And that's exactly how I reacted. It's like, you know me or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because at least they gave Tom an honorable death. They destroyed, they spent an entire season destroying Liz's character and then gave her a pointless death. So if in the end she orchestrated it and she's trying to find her own redemption, I won't fully forgive season eight, but I'll be on my path to doing so. I think it would be a great story because then you have her going in uh, in more or less the same direction as the mother. I mean, going into a point where she was used because Kate, which has the, probably the best intentions in the world, she was just a little weird and got shot in the head probably way too, too on too many times. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to take a step out on that branch there and say, if you get shot in the head at all, that's one too many times. Yeah, well, but she did it twice. I know, so, I know, that's my point. And she, you know, and she was got a little odd to begin with. There is so much head trauma in this show. Yeah. I, I used to joke when Tom was alive that like, I would go back through and like, this guy's gotten hit in the head so many times, like unconscious. And stabbed and all that. Yeah, well, there was that too. But like, um, I, I used to follow a medical blog on, on Tumblr that, that she gave writing advice, medical yes. writing advice. And yeah. one of the things that she, she said was that, that um, if you are unconscious, that is always a concussion. That most people don't realize that. If you are unconscious, you have had a concussion. Mm-hmm. And that is a bruising of the brain. That is brain damage. May not be extensive brain damage, but it is brain damage. Mm-hmm. So all the, and, and she made the comment in, in these posts, she's like, well, when, you know, you see all of these, these shows that people some, are unconscious. Give them a little time to recover. Exactly. This time we had like, even Reds had like a, a concussion when he was, when uh, um, Ian Garvey uh, took the car um, out of control. So, I mean, it's, it just feels to me that maybe some things that we are seeing will be resolved in the future. Because otherwise it just doesn't make sense. Motivation wise, it doesn't make sense. I agree. So, and that's, that's why I've been so frustrated is because I know the writing's better than that. And so I, and, and I've said the entirety of the season that I hope that I am able to change my tune. I, I think this episode was very good. It gives me some hope um, that, that maybe I have, I'm not going to say been too hard because honestly, the, 
as we stand today, the you have not been patient. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, there you go. I'm not a very patient human being, just in general. It's it's definitely a flaw that I deal with in my life and struggle with. I, but I, I have definitely not been patient this this season, and I. I hope well, I gotta say, if I wrong. turn out to be right, and that's a big if, um, I, I got there by following the clues and motivations. So it wasn't out of just throwing things in the wall and see what sticks. I saw a clear trail, and I still see it. So we shall see. It should be an interesting, I mean, it's going to be a long hiatus, but. Um, yeah, I guess we have the Olympics coming up. Mm. So, um, yeah. Are, are we back next week and then the Olympics or no. are we out? Next until... week are the Olympics already, oh. I think. Okay. I think the next episode is uh, in February. Okay. Yeah, February, February. And it's moving to Fridays. Yes. Everybody, reminder, we're moving to Fridays again. We're back to Friday um next uh, next week they're rerunning the skinner oh okay okay um all right but i think this makes sense to leave it in this episode oh i do too i think it was a it, it goes out on a very nice nice uplifting. yeah uh, uplifting hopeful in in many ways um yeah this i i was very very pleased with this episode so I guess we'll see you guys in a month. Yeah. Uh, you can chat with us on Twitter, on Tumblr, Facebook, and Reddit. Uh, we don't have a Keen Minds Reddit, but ping Tessa, and she knows how to get a hold of me. Um, and you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. So until next time, stay safe. Stay safe. Be well. Bye-bye.